you are listening to We Woke Up Like This. I'm Reverend Joya. And I'm Reverend Celia. And we, we are loyal to loving and supporting soul awakening in every human being. Hello, hello, hello again, dear listeners. Hope everybody had a wonderful week. Oh, me too. I had a wonderful week. I know you <laughs> did. I did too. Good weeks are good. Good weeks are good. Yeah. <laughs> and I, uh, this is Reverend Joya here. And this is Reverend Celia. So grateful that you are back here listening to lesson, uh, Way of Mastery Lesson 2, You Create Your Experience. We're going to dive into the second half of this chapter. But first, let's talk about the first half of this chapter and uh, the realizations and the practices and this knowing of stepping in more and more for me, it's been a week definitely of stepping in more and more of this understanding. And I've just been asking for more and more understanding about this right here. I am as God created me to be made in his image. I am a creator always. Yes. And that all things, and there was something in here about arguing for your smallness. And then oh that, my gosh. And it made me laugh because that's exactly what my mind has been doing. Like, yeah, I'm definitely ready to put away that untruth of, of staying in argument for guilt and being out of alignment, right? That are never true. Mm. I love it says it's never true. And that we're constantly communicating. Yeah, that's my big communication is creation. So if we're not communicating, think about that. Like feel into that. If I'm not communicating, I'm not creating what I want. Yeah. And if you're not communicating, you're still creating. You are, but you're creating the opposite direction. Yes, that's right. Exactly. And that's, that's actually a really wonderful observation. And the same thing too about, and the same thing is true about, um, like this energy of wanting, wanting things to be different. I want them to be different. I want things to be different. That's our five-year-old having an ego trip. And it's putting five year old tantrum. And it's not taking the responsibility. It's putting the power outside. Mm. Right? It's like if I'm wanting it, that's implying that I'm not able to do, to do it. it. Yeah. Yeah. So there's I've I've discovered this. Um do you think that you can want something? Like have the thought, I want that, but not have any idea of like how you're gonna get it and just let it go. And then it shows up. You think that's possible? Well, if it's, I, 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 for me, I feel like there's an energetic difference between wanting something and desiring something. Say more. Desire feels deeper because it's like, what, it, what's behind, and it gets into it in this book in a different chapter. And I've been feeling into that more. It might even be part a little bit in this chapter, but I've been feeling into that more about the energy of desire because it's like you don't do anything without a desire. I'm thirsty. I desire water. I get up and get water. It's like desire is kind of what the driving thing that's behind everything. Whereas wanting something to me just feels my wants change. They change all the time. Like wants, needs, and desires are all to me, they're all different. Oh, yeah. interesting. For me, they are. Maybe, but maybe I, but then again, I think too much and I, I play with words too much and I dive into those. Subtle meanings of words. 
Not the subtle meaning. Oh, yes, the subtle oh. meanings. Well, because words are containers of meanings, right? And you know, yeah, you're, the, you're the word nerd. I, like, I, I am kind of a word nerd. Yeah. And so desire, um, I think it's Buddha that says, I'm going to have to look it up too, that um, desire is the root of all pain. Yeah, he did say that. Yeah. Yeah, because he was looking at desire as, he was talking about sensory desires. Well, and there's there's a lot of different kinds of desire, right? Like... And that's what we were talking about earlier, about like the interesting, like there's a paradox in all of life that we live, that we live in, right? It's like, as we were, I was talking about, like, it seems like the more and more embodied I become and, and become in embodied in my physical presence, feeling all the things and being totally aware, totally attentive, the less full of myself I am, which is an interesting paradox. It is. And but- I feel like the same thing is with desire, that it's the the mm. desire. Like I couldn't. So like doing this work, right? My deepest desire is to be connected, really connected to my nausea, yeah. really connected to source and to have zero doubts, zero wavering, zero, like 100% in belief. Holding your equanimity inside. Yeah. Yeah. And that's my, my strongest desire. But then there's also like ego desires, which is the desire mm-hmm. to check out, numb out, have a good time, desires for sex, desires for food, desires for pleasure. Mm-hmm. So there's the sense pleasures. Yes, but those, the, the inner senses are not the outer senses. Exactly. So it's a different way to be awakened in the body, which I find to be fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. It's very inter- it's very subtle and it's very interesting. It is and it isn't. I mean, I think that we are taught at a very young age not to pay attention to those inner places totally. inside. Yeah. I mean, I, I say that from my own experience. Mine too. Yeah. And when I embrace my intuition, when I I mean, there I can hear things that other people can't hear. I mean, it's the strangest thing. I'm like Oh yeah, okay. I got to go do that. <laughs> we both do that. We're like, oh, spirit said we have to go do this. Okay, let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and um, you know, I've met people who mock that, right? Like, mm, yeah. And because they don't, they don't get, get it. it, yeah, yeah. And it's okay that they don't get it. I get it, mm-hmm. and it's important to me to always listen. Yeah. Yes, because if I don't listen, I pay dearly. Right. Well, exactly. And in ways I can't articulate, right? Exactly. Nobody has ever said, I'm so glad I didn't listen to my intuition. (laughs) I've never heard anybody say that. I've never heard that either. Yeah. Wow. Honestly, it's the difference between life and death, the listening really is. Well, I mean, like in my own experience. Yeah. And the trust, the self-trust. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's the other thing. I think that um, through the honing of the gifts, because it is a refinement, I find it to be a refinement. I'm always practicing the deepening of the listening and making myself ever more available, right? Um, and, and what I'm hearing but also the quality of the voice that's in me. Yeah. You notice the difference. I do. Yeah. I do. And the subtleties. And like, I can, 
I can tell when my ego has got a hook, right? Like if I'm being pulled in, in a way, I'm like, oh, let me check that. So it's like I'm checking and verifying with myself all the time. Like, is that true? Is that thought true? Because <laughs> sometimes I'll get a thought and I'm like, wait, is that true? Mm-hmm. No, that's not true. Yeah. Yeah. That's the saboteur coming in to grace me with its presence. <laughs> and the ego has a lot of different voices and a lot of different faces and it can be very tricky. Mm-hmm. So it, that's why that inner listening, that cultivating that inner listening and that inner knowing, like it's for me, it's been really the fine tuning of my vibration yes. to feel when things are uh, changing my frequency. Yes. And then to honor it yes. when I feel it changing and not negate it, not dismiss it, not, um, choose for the the desire of the external pleasures when I know it's going to change my vibrational frequency internally and my alignment. So I totally know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big deal. And it takes a while. I mean, it's like, you don't wake up one day and you're like this. And this is the other thing too, right? Like doing, I'm so glad you just said that because this is years of work. Yes. We woke up like this, but it took 20 years. for being here. Yeah. But it feels like, I mean, every day though, when I think I'm consciously doing this work, that it feels like it happens faster. And with the vibrational frequencies that the earth is changing, the vibration is changing, the collective consciousness is changing, that it is changing vibrational frequencies faster. I think so. Yeah. I mean, when one person heals, we all heal. Right. Because we're all one body essentially, right? Like exactly. And if you think about like back in the 60s, right, the late 60s, when people started talking about meditation and yoga, they were like the crazy hippie people. It wasn't mainstream. And even like 10 years ago, when I started doing mindfulness really intensively and talking about mindfulness, not that many people were. And people were like... That's, I don't want to go live in a cave and be a Buddhist. I don't want to. And I was like, that's you not what it is. You don't have to do that. Right. But people still so associated funny. it with that whole like way of life. And it's like, no, you can meditate in the morning and still go to the office in your Maserati. You don't have to. Be- <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to give up all your worldly pleasures to awaken. Uh, to go live in a cave. Yeah, exactly. No, I think actually the work is to be in the practices of the mindfulness, of the spirituality, and be in the world, not of the world. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it feels like, um, well, now for me, what it's feeling like is that it's more and more and more of growing into the fullest possible expression that I can before I die. And like what I shared, sent you this morning, it said at the end of that video that find what you love to do and let it kill and you and let it kill you. And I'm like, yes, that's it right there. Because we, because it hurts so good, baby. Well, no, <laughs> as a species, we live in, as humans, we live in this denial, like we're never going to die. It's like the least talked about thing. It's the least <sighs> faced thing. And yet it's a complete unknown reality. The thing is, is nobody's getting out of this bitch alive. That's exactly it. Ever. So like conscious death is the most responsible and accountable thing we can do. And for me, this like living, find what you love to do and do it till you die or do it till it kills Kills you you. is like that for me is like living life full out 
all the time, every day, even when I'm 90, still waking up and be excited that I get to go to my garden today. And like, cause every day is, is new. And the more present you become, I literally wake up in the morning and I'm excited. I wake up, I open my eyes and I'm like, oh, yay, it's a whole new fresh day. I literally do that every single morning. So cute. <laughs> because Aww. you don't, because I really look at it as a single entity. I don't look at it as one continual long thing. I look at it as like, it's a chunk. Well, and it is. And this it's is a chunk. today. It's a chunk of day. This is this moment. It's this moment. That's right. And what do I get to play and create and do and think and feel and say and be and express in the day that I'm in? Yeah, that's presence. And that's presence. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the most precious thing we can ever give anybody is our presence. It really is. Yes. Yeah. Because our essence is involved. Yeah. At least the way I have it. Yeah. Be here now. Yes. There's some real wisdom. <laughs> in those those simple words. In those simple words. From the the wise what was his name? Eckhart Tolle? No, no, no. It was um Oh no. The guru from the sixties. He just died. He did he had conscious death. He died uh, Ram Das. Oh, I was gonna say yeah, is it Ram, Ram Das? Yeah. He said that. He wrote that book, Be Here Now. And it's like it's very simple. Be oh, I was thinking here, the power yeah. of now. Oh, the power of now is Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. yeah. That's a great book too. And for me, that's like this with this, that's with this open trusting, allowing, like right here, the truth of the kingdom requires openness, trust, expansiveness, spaciousness. It involves allowing, trusting, witnessing, letting things come and go, learning to cultivate a deep enjoyment of whatever arises, seeing that all things are just modifications of consciousness itself, (laughs) and then letting them go when it's time for them to do so. Like that's it right there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we can't keep anything that doesn't want to be kept. When I re- when I really tune into the vibration, like we were talking about earlier, where I'm like, I am life living itself as me. Yeah, I am consciousness living itself as me. You are consciousness living itself as you. Fabulous you. Fabulous you. And that we're all these little individual drops of consciousness, and it just becomes really beautiful. Like we're not all supposed to be the same. We're not. And that just seems so boring now when I'm, when I see people who are just like trying to be all the same and it's also the opposite, right? We don't want our ego to make us try to be different. There's no trying. Oh no, we've given up the trying. Yeah. It's the allowance of the authenticity of who you truly are to flow through and express through you to the fullness of your being. Okay. So we are on T10 for those of you who have the book and you're following along. We're on page 19 what you decree is. Okay. So before we start that, Celia looked up the word decree last week and I wrote a note under mine that says decree is decide in Latin. Yes. I also put discern. Oh, discern. Yeah. Discernment. Uh Was that also in, in decree? No, but that's just what I, um, distilled. Okay. Because that's my inner sense. See, Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yes, you discerning. are very discerning. <laughs> <It's Yeah>. like, <laughs> and to de- to decree is to decide, to yes. make a choice, to cut off. To cut off, that's yes. right. Um, you know, when you decide that you're not going to do the thing, we're in the power of our choice. And then there's like, there's the choice, but where are we making the choice from? You look like you just got a brilliant idea. I just did. I well, what I just had it? an insight about the decree, right? So mm-hmm. when we're 
when we're deciding, we're discerning, we're making the choice, we're cutting mm-hmm. off. When we decree it, we're vocalizing it. Yes. We're giving it power. This is with the, our words. This is the thing that I really, really, really wish people could understand. And I've seen this. So your gift is the clear audio, clear audience where you hear things. And my gift, somebody told me, is clear cognizance that I can see. Like I get like these impressions, these sense impressions where I just see and I know things. Mm-hmm. And I have seen how words are like little birds that get sent out of our mouth that are literally like things that go flying out into the ethers forever. And they go out and they like just travel and echo out until they, they find a light back. until they find a light vibration. Yeah. And then like a boomerang, they come right back. So everything that you're decreeing, just what this says, what you decree is. That's right. And it's that it's the power of words and we live in such a noisy world. So noisy Mm. as a truck just drives by, but that's not the kind of noise I'm talking about. But just when you think about it and you listen, I don't know, I'm really, really attuned or getting more and more attuned to the power of what I say or what I'm choosing to say. Yeah. Mm. I told my children when they were little to be careful with their words because the words you cannot take back. Mm. Once you make the assertion with the words. Yeah. It's like they're out there. Totally. And the words can actually hold us hostage to limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, how about how we feel about ourselves? You know, I mean, I have seen that in my experience with my mom and my grandma, they would say terrible things to each other, but like, what was so damaging about all of that was the um, lasting effects that the words had because they were believed. Right. So there's this opportunity (laughs) to um, be mindful about what we say and how we say it. Yeah. What's the intention behind what we're saying? And then um, being very clear about what it is or what it isn't. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. So that's the title of the chapter. <laughs> what is the second half? What you decree is. So it begins there. And I would ask you now to begin to put this into practice. So whatever, wherever you happen to be whether you are viewing this with your eyes on what you would call your book or whether you are listening to the words, stop for just a moment and truly become aware of where you are. That's beautiful. And where are you? Are you not having the experience of seemingly being within a body? Don't you seem to be abiding in a room somewhere? Aren't you within an environment in which there are certain weather patterns going on around you? Perhaps there are other sounds coming into your ears. Can you truly be aware of where you are now? Can you feel the weight of the body as you stand upon your feet or sit within your chair? Do you notice the tension in your neck? Do you notice the racing of the mind that's going on? Can you begin to bring awareness to exactly what is 
from a place of innocence and non-judgment. Non-judging awareness is a mindful, total mindfulness practice. Just noticing what is. That's beautiful. You have a saying in your world. It is what it is. And that's the <laughs> beginning of wisdom. You will, of course, discover that what is, is what you have chosen to make of it. What is, is what you have chosen to make of it. Be therefore where you are now. <laughs> And deliberately decide. That's funny because we just said be here now. Yep. And deliberately decide, deliberately decide to accept wholly that what you are experiencing in this very moment has no cause whatsoever except your choice to experience it. For rest assured, whatever the mind may try to say, if you did not wholly want to be where you are right now, you wouldn't be there. And if you are in a body in the field of space and time, rest assured, you desired it, you chose it, and it's here. Begin here. There's no need to judge it, no need to ask it to be different. Just truly be aware of what is. If you are feeling the body in a chair, you can allow the thought to come into the mind. I have literally created this experience. Something within me is so grand, so powerful, so vast, so beyond anything that scientists have ever come up with, that I have literally crystallized in the field of experience awareness of being a body in space and time. It has come forth from the field of my consciousness, the gift to me of God, who asks only that I learn to create as God creates. I've said many times that the Father looks upon you and says, this is my only creation and it is very good. For my Father, for the Father marvels at what you are, knowing perfectly well that what you are emerged from out of her holy mind. Likewise, look upon your creations and marvel. How is it that you could abide in this time frame on this planet? How could it be that you can place yourself behind the wheel of an automobile and actually get it from point A to point B? That is a mystery and a marvel, and no one knows how it's done, and yet it's done. The mystery it's done is that all power has been given unto you, and what you decree is. For a man or woman shall decree a thing, and it shall be so. You have decreed this moment, own it, for by owning it right now, you can begin to sense the incredible and awesome power that flows through you in each moment. It is the power to create. Oh, creativity. So good. Beautiful. It is beautiful. So begin here by choosing each day now to cultivate the practice in this manner. Set the intention so that in each hour of your day, for three to five minutes, you practice being this quality of awareness to exactly whatever you are experiencing. When the thought arises to do the practice, you see where you see where does that thought come from? Imagine you're going through the day and you've been hustling and bustling about. You've gone to your office or your work. You've talked to friends. You've brought groceries. You've done all of these things and suddenly the thought appears. Oh, focus on being aware that I am literally the creator of what I experience. That's hilarious. (laughs) I love doing this. 
<laughs> do you do this? I do this all the time. It, well, I, I've done it. I learned to do this as a mind, not say calling myself a creator of what I experience, but dropping into awareness and noticing because as we talked about on another episode about the brain, that all it does is delete everything that you are not, that you yourself has declared is not relevant to your perception of reality. You're just like, delete, 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 not paying, not noticing, not noticing, delete, delete, delete. And so when we drop into awareness, it creates this expansive field. And it, I mean, like a really fun practice I do when I'm teaching this concept to corporate people who like look at me sometimes like I have 75 heads and like, what? But I'm like, awareness is like, okay, look around this room right now and notice all the blue things that you can and where you are to listen or look around your room in awareness using the sensory perception of your eyes. Notice everything blue that you can notice in your room. And then while you're noticing all the blue things, just notice how you're not noticing everything else or how blue is suddenly popping out at you. <laughs> and then the question is, how many green things did you see? Right? <laughs> and it's like, that's awareness. when we Because we've decided we're going to notice the blue things that our brain deleted everything that's not blue. When in reality, the blue and the green and the purple and the pink and the whole rainbow is there all along. Yeah. And so when we play these awareness games, I call them awareness games that we drop in and we just like, how much can I notice? How much can I smell, taste, feel, sense, hear? And then when I'm like noticing everything I can, then I'll say, how much more can I notice? So it really like opens up this expansion to really Layers. like right now I'm noticing how beautiful the wind is blowing through the trees outside and I'm noticing the different shades of the greens on that front tree versus the back tree and it's it just it creates a um I don't know just a different field of perception for viewing the world it is a different view of perception for sure and then to say oh my gosh I just created this experience <laughs> <laughs> Play on light. it's so fun okay do you think that that just happened by accident no. no. <laughs> the thought is um, penetrating what you call your conscious awareness from the depth of your mind that rests right next to the mind of God. Therefore, the power to generate that very thought is the effect of God's will entering into your field of being and penetrating the veils of distraction and shining forth as the thought, oh, that's right, five minutes every hour. Can you feel the awesomeness of that? For you are linked to the mind of God, and God knows how to bring you back to complete freedom and perfect peace, the mastery of this entire realm. Therefore, those who truly love God, those that would, tru would truly awaken, will feel something compelling something compelling them to master this simple practice for five minutes for each hour. They will learn to delight and they will look forward to it. And pretty soon those five minutes will stretch into six and then 10 and then 15 and then 50. And then finally there is an established, there is established in their awareness, like a background, if you will, the awareness that everything just arises, they have decreed it. And so it is so.
Five minutes every hour is not much to ask for five minutes every hour. Be you, therefore, as you are created to be a creator, decreeing that which is bringing forth experience. And never again allow yourself to tell yourself, well, I'm really here because I have to be. I'm really just going, I'm really just doing this because, well, you know, it's what I have to do. (laughs) (laughs) Take the words ought and should and must and have to and write them on a piece of paper. Look at them and then light a match and light the corner of the paper and let that paper burn and dissolve into dust. For it is a symbol of allowing the energy that you've given those words to become again as the dust or the ash of the ground, clear from your consciousness all identifications with such words. For all of them are denials of reality. Wow. Wow, that's powerful. I like how it says, um, allowing the energy you've given those words to become again Again, as the dust or the ash of the ground, ashes to ashes, dust Dust to to dust. dust. That's right. Wow. Many times I have shared with you, I have shared with you that you need do nothing. Listen to those words and take them into yourself as though they are your own voice because they are. I need do nothing. I love that. I need do, do nothing. nothing. Say it out loud. I do need. I I need do nothing. I need. La, la, la. <laughs> la. Are you having a Freudian slip? <laughs> I, I do need I, to do something. I do need. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, I think that's the programming is that we think we have to do something. Yeah. Because if, what if, what are we doing if we're not doing something? Nothing. Because we need do, do nothing. nothing. And it's true. Like when you take the, I need do nothing is really true. I mean, yeah, you don't have to survive. (laughs) Whoever told you you had to, you don't have to make everybody happy. Whoever told you you had to, whoever told you that you could make anybody happy. You don't have to abide as a body in space and time. Whoever told you you had to, you don't have to pay your bills. How irresponsible. Who told you that? You literally need do nothing. It's quite different than wanting or choosing to do something. You don't need to love your parents. You don't need to honor your father and mother. You don't need to worship me or love me. You don't need to love yourself. You literally need do nothing. For need is an expression of the perception that there is something that you lack. And because you are one with God, there is never a moment when you lack anything at all. I need do nothing. Can you allow the thought to emerge in the mind when you arise in the morning? I don't have to get out of this bed. I don't have to go to the office. I don't need to fulfill an order. I don't need to say good morning to my mate. I literally (laughs) need do nothing. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's just talking about being. This is just being. How can there be the power of freedom to choose and to create when you are being governed by the belief of the world that you must be a certain way, that you need to be acceptable to others, that you need to conform to fit in, that you need to dress the way others dress, that you need to be committed to surviving an extra day upon this planet, 
There can be no freedom where there is need. Wow. Wow. So this is, I hear this is uh, choice power. Like we were saying that in the decree, the choosing, I choose to say good morning to my mate. I choose to go to my office. I choose to love. I choose to love. I choose to get dressed and take a shower today. I choose to do my laundry. Imagine like going into all of these things with that attitude of you're choosing to do it. You don't have to do it. Yeah, I really like it. I do too. It's very freeing. It's an energetic reframe. Completely. Wow. Mm. Practicing the first two axioms. So those are the first two axioms of the way of the heart to be built on, to be remembered, to be cultivated daily. I am created as my father created me to be. I am free. And nothing sources my experience but me in each moment. Nothing has an effect upon me whatsoever, save that which I choose to allow to affect me. I need do nothing. Again, we would ask you at least twice in each of your days. And in the beginning, we would suggest here that in the morning and in the evening, as you are arising and as you are retiring, to cultivate for five minutes the reception of that thought so that you can feel it in your bones. I need do nothing. What a powerful affirmation that is. Yeah. Just to like, I need to do nothing. Yeah. We don't have to finish this podcast. We don't. I choose to, though. I, me too. <laughs> It will come as quite a shock in your consciousness and the mind will say, but I have all these things. I have to. Oh, what about this? And what about that? Oh my goodness. Well, will the world stop spinning if I stop needing? (laughs) That's up to the world, not up to you. I need do nothing. The power of these first two axioms will be what everything that follows is built on. And yet everything that follows is merely a way of watering those two axioms and making them the anchor of your awareness. For when the anchor is firmly in place, you will literally create whatever you so desire from perfect freedom, from perfect deliberateness. You will even transcend miracle mindedness. For miracles, you see, as you begin to open to miracle mind, mindness, you marvel, wow, that was a miracle. How great. Miracle mindness is still a state of perception, just short of mastery. For mastery comes when you know that you are literally and deliberately creating, and there is nothing miraculous about it. You will decree a thing, and it shall be so. This is to create as God creates. For while he marvels at you, he knows perfectly well that your creation was not a miracle. It was very (laughs) deliberate. Born from the pure radiance of love. God does not sit on his throne and say, I wonder 
if I'm worthy to create my children. I wonder if I'm worthy to express myself through the divine spark of consciousness that they are. Never does it enter into the holy mind of God. I wonder if it's okay if I create a solar system. (laughs) God receives a thought or a thought emanates within his holy mind and he decrees it. And so it is so. And he looks upon all things and says, it is very good. Exercise in conscious creation. The third and last exercise that we would give you in this hour is this. Choose something that you do every day that you are convinced is so utterly ordinary that it certainly doesn't hold any power or any spiritual meaning whatsoever. It could be something as simple as having a glass of water, brushing your teeth, or yawning. Pick something that you know you do every day and decide to make that the focus of your worship so that when you do it, you stop and you go, it is very good. Even if it's something as simple as raising your head from your pillow, become aware of it, own it as self-created, and then say within yourself as you contemplate that action, it is very good. I have done this and it is good. I have created. And again, those that are truly committed will find that they begin to enjoy that process and they will begin to apply it to more and more to other events in their lives. They begin to reawaken the childlike joy of building a castle in the sandbox. For in truth, that's all you're doing here. Consciousness is your sandbox and you are creating castles. You have simply forgotten to enjoy them. And when you want to be rid of them, you now lament, oh, but if I give up this and change my mind and move on, what will happen to my creations? What will others think of me if I act like a child and just take my little plastic shovel and knock the castle down and go in and have a sandwich for lunch? What will people think of me? Will I fit in? Will I be accepted? Will I be judged? Will I be persecuted? Who cares? For the opinions of others mean nothing. Unless, of course, you want them to mean something. And now we come to what concludes this lesson. What blocks you in your mind? For even as you're considering this, many of you are recognizing a resistance. The resistance is the energy of fear. What will happen if I follow this path? That part of your mind called the ego will rise up to tell you that if you listen to the crazy one that some have called the savior of the world, it will take you to a path of destruction. That's because the voice of the ego knows it will be destroyed if you follow, or if this path is followed. You cannot be destroyed. The reality of who you are. That resistance then is fear, and fear is one of the energies out of alignment with the truth of the kingdom. Therefore, indeed, fear not, but continue in faith. For I say unto you, what you will discover at the end of this pathway is the perfect freedom, the perfect power, the perfect spaciousness, the perfect joy, the perfect peace of living, literally, in the kingdom of heaven. It's beautiful. Mm. That's quite a promise. Well, I believe it. I'm living it. I know. (laughs) We are living living it. it. Yeah. Yeah. So beautiful. So the choice is yours. And for those of you who will, for those of you 
that will feel this resistance come up so strongly. For those of you that will yet call out unto me in your dreams and in your prayers, help me through this. I say unto you that you walk not alone, for I cannot be further from you than the width of your thought. And yes, you are the creator of that thought. It's like all the same thing. Yeah. I would share with you that I too embark upon such a path and eat what you call, what you might call axiom that I will share with you and refine for you many of the exercises that we would give unto you in this coming year are specific exercises and truths that we are given unto me from the time I was initiated by certain Essene teachers in the way of the heart. And when my teacher said, it is time for you to go spend 40 nights and 40, time for you to spend 40 days and 40 nights in the desert. Do you not believe that resistance came up within me too? That I too had to notice that I was creating a thought of fear and separating myself from the great protection of the love of God. That I had to physically move the body into the wilderness to move through my own rings of fear to discover what was on the other side. The pathway then that I have walked is the pathway that you are walking. And if our pathway is the same, then we walk together to God and away from illusion and pain and weakness and unworthiness and guilt and death. It's beautiful. So engage in your exercises with great zeal, with great joy, and above all, with great outrageous playfulness. (laughs) Learn to look with innocence upon all that arises And if you put these little exercises to work, much indeed will arise. Practice then well, and practice with joy. Know that you are loved, loving, and lovable, and that in truth, the only thing that's occurring is that an old dream is being released and a new dream might be replaced, might replace it. A dream of worthiness, a dream of peace, and of wakefulness, and a union with all of creation. For again, I say, I come not alone in this specific work, but I come with many who support your healing and your awakening. Therefore, indeed, be at peace this day, beloved friends. Abide lovingly with your creations. Amen. Amen. Wow. Hmm. Okay, so the axioms, again, the practices are uh, to say, I am created as my father created me to be. I am free. And nothing sources my experience but me in each moment. Nothing has an effect upon me except what I choose to allow to affect me. I need do nothing. I need do nothing. And then to practice your exercise in conscious creation, 
Five minutes. Five minutes. Whenever you think about it, set your timer and just notice, oh, I'm I'm creating this time frame. I'm setting this five minutes. It is very good. It is very good. <laughs> I'm having a drink of this water that I poured for myself and it is very good. Oh, I did this and it is very good. It is very good. That's actually really fun. It is. It's yeah. fun. And it feels good. And I can see how that consciousness will, well, this is all about consciousness expansion. So you're creating an, an expanded awareness within yourself to. We're being more joy. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. Be more joy. Yeah. More playfulness, more joy. Innocence. Oh, so good. Yeah. And then just to notice the fear, the resistance that kicks up. That's like, we can't do that. I can't say I'm making this. I'm declaring this. I have to do it. I ought to do it. I should do it. And you know what? If you don't want to do it, you need do nothing. I need do nothing. (laughs) And that's the beauty. But it does create, I mean, the promises are so beautiful worthiness, peace, wakefulness, union with creation, joy, pleasure, playfulness, perfect freedom, perfect peace. Mm, yeah. I'm a yes to all that. I am a yes to all that too. So um, again, the exercises, I recorded the meditations for lesson two and they're on our website. We woke up like this.com and they're under episodes. So if you go to our latest episode, which uh, if you're listening to this one, will be episode seven. I will repost it there under episode seven, and it's also under episode six. And the practice is for you, maybe even before you get out of bed, to that's when I like to do it. Is oh, now wow. I wake up and I'm happy it's a new day, but maybe it just for you and entails like I'm waking up, I'm going to sit up consciously out of my bed. I'm going to put my feet on the ground consciously because I'm choosing to. I'm going to put my slipper and taking a shower. How wonderful it is to take a shower in the nice warm water. I'm choosing this. It is very good. It is very good. Yeah. There's so much that we can find and just play that game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. And do you ever feel like, do you ever tune in? And I'm wondering if there's a word for it. I'm very curious, but do you ever tune into the feeling that in this now moment, everything is happening at once? Oh yeah. All the time. And on multiple levels. On multiple levels. Yes. Yes. You do too? I do, yes. Yeah. And like the bigness of that. And then then I really real recognize what that means by we're choosing our reality and choosing our perceptions. Because even now, you and I sitting together in this room, in this space at this time, are having our own individual perceptions and experiences. Of the same experience. Of the same experience. I know. It's fascinating to Isn't me. Isn't it? Yes. It's amazing. It's amazing how we go through life and choose humans are like, oh, you're my human, be my friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then we have the capability to do that. Yeah. And yeah, that's the resonance. vibration, resonance. Yeah, 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 for sure. So, so beautiful. Yeah. And I have chosen you and it is very good. It is very good. I choose you too. <laughs> it, is very good. it is very good. It's definitely fun and playful. It's very fun and playful. We have a lot of fun. I know. I love that. All right, dear listeners, uh, we invite you to come to our website, wewokeuplikethis.com, and subscribe to our email list so you don't miss any kind of events or spontaneous things that Celia and I decide to do. Yeah. And anything else more to you come. want to add? There's more to come. Always more to come. So beautiful. Yeah. Just to, just have fun with it. That's what I would add. Just yeah. Have fun with it and... Maybe even start keeping a journal. 
Well, I mean, the journal was suggested at the beginning. It was. And if you yeah. haven't been doing it, then maybe get one and just to track Start your... Start now. Yeah. Or, and, it's never and too late. Also highly recommend ordering the book from uh, shantycristo.com or .org. You'll have to... I have it. The link is on our website on wewokeuplikethis.com. We have a link to buy the book. Because what's really fun, what I've enjoyed in the process of reading this book multiple times is my notes that I've written in yeah. the margins because I like to annotate my books. And so I like I'll, I like reading the notes that are like when I first read it that I, I remember right in the beginning, I wrote next to something total bullshit because I was just like, there's this is so dumb. I was like, what is this? How am I responsible for everything that happens to me? Oh, yeah, that's was, so so good resistance. The resistance Joya. was there, right? And I was like, I don't believe it. And now I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. Even if other people do do things that affect, that have an effect on my life, or my, but I'm the one ultimately who chooses how to live with it, be with it, respond to it, react to it, or let it live rent free in my head. Yeah, yeah. Or so kick it out. Fascinating. So mm-hmm. fascinating. It is. Yeah. All right. So thank you so much for listening and joining us in lesson two. Thank you for listening to We Woke Up Like This. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you are listening to this podcast. Oh, and don't forget to drop us a comment and ask a question. And go to to join the Soul Awakened community. See you next time. Bye. Bye.